0: Craving some great 80s music. Play Virgin Radio 80s Plus. I want your love. On DAB Digital Radio. On the app. On your smart speaker. And at virginradio80splus.co.uk.
1: I got my mind set Even if we just in the dark.
0: Love Chris Evans.
1: Woo.
0: Love the 80s. Virgin Radio 80s Plus.
2: Welcome to the show. Vasos is here. Aloha. And Rachel's here. Greetings. On the show today, Simple Minds are going to be here. Tell me about Simple Minds, Vasos. (laughs) Simple Minds have been
0: slaying the game and smashing out the hits since 1977 how many number one albums do you think for Simple Minds? Not one, not two, not oh. three, not four. Twenty four. Not five, no, six. <laughs> you are <you're> terrible <laughs> at this. You're ba- you that is a lifetime. We band. only do it to wind you up. <laughs> From yep. the over guessing game. By the way, six is very good.
3: Six That's number impressive. one albums. Is that one per decade?
0: Um, No, more than one per decade. Wow. And they're about to embark on their biggest tour since 1985. Tickets go on sale tomorrow at nine o'clock, so they're coming in here to
2: try and flog some. Yeah, Jim Kerr and Charlie Burchill will be with us. Rachel's here! Hello.
3: How are you doing, Rachel? Very good, thank you. You
2: look very well. Tell us about your reflexology. You oh. literally were shining when you came in this morning. I said, you look well, she had reflexology yesterday. That's oh, amazing. No science required. It works. You can tell the difference.
3: It's an amazing reflexology appointment yesterday. So I've been seeing this incredible lady called Charlie who works out of the Amersham Leisure Centre. And she did a reflexology session. And then at the end of it, I felt like this sort of... Sort of whooshing, tingling sensation. Honestly, all the way up through my legs and through me. And at the end of it, I sort of I said, "What was that?" (laughs) And she said, "Oh, I just sent some recce fire. Just you know, some extra sort of healing." Yeah,
2: it doesn't work. It's all woo woo. Yes, it does. Flipping work.
3: Oh my! Look at her. You look so um, at peace.
2: You look so calm. You look. Your face looks balanced. It looks symmetrical. It looks. You look so. I don't know what's the word. I don't know what the word. I think you just look in a flow. Thank you, know? you.
3: wrecked. I've been wrecked. You can have I, been
2: wreckied. Can I tell
0: you about a wrecky dog quickly? Yeah. Wrecky dog Wilson. <laughs> Um Wilson is my friend Chris's dog and he used to run with us at Barnes Runners and he was he was he was a good minute a mile if he was running with you on one of those leads because he would be pulling 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 Brilliant. pulling but then support, the vet said proper support animal yeah, no more running for Wilson because his hips are absolutely shot so Wilson was not even allowed to go for walks he was allowed in the house and in the garden <laughs> and and so poor Wilson and then this summer after like a year and a half of that um this summer um, Chris's sister-in-law is a recce practitioner. She said, can I just recce the dog? And she recce the dog, and Wilson is now back in the game. Running, no pain, nothing.
2: All right, well, 4pm today on Evening Drive, it's Lee Francis in for recce Wilson. <laughs> Very
3: good. <laughs> Very good.
2: Wasn't my work. That was going on behind the glass. On fire today, the team. On absolutely fire. On recce, put recce fire. Out. We need to talk about the Queen Auction because it's hilarious. And apparently loads and loads and loads and loads and loads um, of this money raised last night um, goes to amazing charities. Uh, the vast majority is what I'm hearing. But I don't know. There was some talk about it because there was the chat. There was the live chat. Uh, it was live on YouTube last night. It'll be live on YouTube again today at the Sotheby's Auction. But some of the prices, I mean, here we go. So the estimate for... What's described as an onyx and diamond ring, Cartier London 1975, owned and worn a lot by Freddie Mercury. Estimate four to six thousand pounds, went for two hundred and (laughs) seventy three thousand pounds. Performing very, very well there. I love the fact that his. Go, his gown, his cloak, his cape. You know, his royal mm. regalia and his crown from the 1986 tour. Uh, that was um, estimated to go for 60 to £80,000.
3: went for £635,000. <laughs> Don't forget, it did come with some extra spare applique. Of course in case it did. any of the applique wilted off. I just want to know who bought all this stuff. Come on, it's fun. Where are they going to put it? Will they wear it? Will that person then go, I'm going to throw a queen-themed fancy dress party because i got the best outfit.
2: Yeah, or you're going to throw a queenie strop um, in actual queen gear because you can do that. Uh, I I hope Adele and Ed Sheeran and um, Taylor Swift and Beyonce and uh, who else? Harry Styles. I hope they all bought some of this Mm. stuff. And then they do a Queen tribute concert. All of them are one-off for more money for Freddie's Age Charity or Elton John's Age Charity. And they they play a one stadium gig in LA, one in New York, one in Paris, one in Beijing or, or wherever, one in Tokyo and one in London. They do five gigs and it's over five nights and they jet from one to the other and they offset the carbon footprint and they just raise all this money wearing the Freddie stuff, playing on the Freddie piano, which went for 1.7 million pounds last night. That's what I want them all to do. But of course, if they didn't bid and Elon Musk and, and somebody's who's bought all this stuff, mm. it's and there were lots of telephone bidders last night and all the people from Sotheby's were on the telephone to the people. Thought, oh, you know who the person is because you're talking to them. <laughs> you're on the phone to Elon Musk or whoever it was. Mm. I wonder who these people, I just want to know so badly. I just, I want to know what they do
3: stuff. with the items. Well, here's,
2: that's interesting. I can tell you. Uh, so some th- that's why the lyrics are good. Because the lyrics you can hang like works of art, you know. Um, the door, the, the Garden Lodge door, estimate 15 to 25,000 pounds, went for 414,000 pounds. Yep. It was lot number one. It took 27 minutes. And I thought, this is going to be a long night. <laughs> <laughs> so did the auctioneer. About 15 minutes and he thought, hang on a minute, we're not, we're not even through lock one we yet. we scheduled toilet breaks? He uh, was great, by the way. He's very good, that guy. And, um, uh, yeah, so the door's good because you can hang that. Of course you can. You can hang yeah. it as a work of art. And it is a work of art. You know, it's cool. And all this stuff is obscene if you look at it through one lens and brilliantly if you look at it through another and somewhere in between if you're in between. Um, the the jewellery you could wear. Yeah couldn't you um the 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 wardrobes and the tables you can use use as furniture um it's the here's the thing it's the outfits for me he wasn't he wasn't he was smaller than average in height and stature freddie um so you can't not a lot of people most people wouldn't be able to wear them you could frame them but they look a bit... I don't know what you do with the outfits. I don't know what you do with them. That's the stumbling block for me. Everything else, like the Chagall and the Miro's and the Matisse's, you hang them on the wall. They're pictures, they're paintings. They just belong to Freddie Mercury, which is why they've gone three times what they're worth. But anyway, it's all for charity. Nearly all for charity. I'm not quite sure how much it's for charity. But it's ongoing today. Uh, we shall see. Do you have any decent memorabilia at Vassos?
0: I found... Well, we were tidying up Matthew's room on Tuesday. We found yes. a rugby ball... A non-blown-up rugby ball Uh signed by the entire 1 to 15 and substitutes of the 19... 92 England rugby grand slam winning team and they all put their numbers So number 1 um Jason Leonard number 2 whoever it was and they, and I had to I had to look it up on I wonder when this is from and it was it's the 1992 England grand slam winning rugby and I have no I mean obviously it was me who bought it but I can't remember buying it and I and I <laughs> I don't really have a thing for rugby why would i buy that but anyway we've got that i thought maybe next time we do an auction i'd chuck it in there although it's the rugby world cup starting
2: tomorrow maybe this is the time <laughs> shove <laughs> it on Just ebay very excited <laughs> See, I don't think you bought it because I think you'd remember that because that would hurt you a lot. I think
3: somebody gave it to I you? Or you, you uh, stole it.
2: You were at a charity auction with somebody else. They bought it and they said, listen, we're going to stay for a bit. You've got to go home. Go to the mm. show tomorrow. Um, will you take this home for us? And they've just forgotten because they were probably drunk when they bought it and you don't care about it anyway and that's why it's there where it is. Well, do you have anything? You must have, you must have some good I said, gear. I
3: don't think we do have any memorabilia. Well, you've got your Taskmaster uh, stuff. Because in many that ways, that doesn't feel like memorabilia, that just feels like Alex's work rubbish, which Clutter. takes up space in my house. <laughs> I know,
2: and that's why, see, that's why I think maybe some younger music stars would have bid for um, Freddie's stuff last night. Tash was saying, well, would Elton John bid for some stuff? I said, no, he wouldn't, because to him, you know, it, it it's important, of course it is, but he he's in that lane so it's like we would be like him bidding for his own stuff, you oh, know, it's like his mate's so old jacket. Those. Yeah, and it's it's the same with you on a different level, but it is the same with you and Taskmaster stuff. Yeah,
3: probably. So what's
2: the so what's the best Taskmaster thing? If you had a Taskmaster auction for an amazing charity. Um, what what do you think?
3: So Alex, he's got loads of old tasks because he, he and he does tend to collect those and then he tends to give them to what people. What does that mean? So when like when you're a contestant on the show and you know you're in the Taskmaster house and you get given your tasks to so that sort of folded um, piece of thick white card with the Taskmaster stamp on it the, and the wax seal. The seal. I love the seal. And you open it up and then it's the you know the, the task is is typed on. Um, so he some some of the contestants collect theirs and keep them. Some of them just leave them there. So he. Pick those up, and then he tends to just give those out to people. He tends to ca- he usually tends to carry one on him, and then gives it to somebody. And I, I there's lots to do with Taskmaster with little yellow ducks. The duck is quite an involved icon, so there's loads of those around. So if
2: we have another auction, will he put some stuff in? Of course, he will. Okay, let's do it. Should we do it in November? Mm. Okay. By the way, if you are if you do come across some Taskmaster stuff, um, you know, uh, up for grabs, you might want to leave it for a bit because it there's another. Series has just been announced. <laughs> series 16!
3: See, I think they're about to start That's filming Series start. 19. <laughs> so- well... <laughs>
2: They've only just led on about Series 16. So that means 17, 18 are done as well. I think
3: they're in the bag. Oh, my God. I don't really know. Well, it's because it's
2: such a good show. Taskmaster Series 16 launch date revealed, and we don't have long to wait. Channel 4 have confirmed that Series 16 of Taskmaster will kick off on Thursday, September 21st at 9 p.m. Now, the thing about Taskmaster, it doesn't get like 10, 15, 20 million viewers, but it does get a solid number. And the the reason people love it, it's a bit like sci-fi. I think a lot of people who like Taskmaster will probably like things like Doctor Who and Marvel as well. Because they have a really, really, really loyal following. Yeah. So, you know, if Taskmaster gets a million viewers or two million views or whatever it gets, I haven't checked, you know, they're not just viewers. They're like acolytes. They're advocates. They're Solid disciples of bias. the show. It's, a, you know, it's, it's funny because the more general a something gets, whether it's a TV show or a band, or a hit, or a radio show, the more generally it's liked by the people who like it, but the more finite it gets. They do say, you know, in America, because they pronounce niche, niche, if you want to get rich, go niche. Um, So, uh, well done, (laughs) the horns. (laughs) (laughs) Freddie Mercury sale carries on, 10 o'clock this morning, great viewing, an excellent spectator sport. Once again, my pal wants me to go and hold his hand, he said, What time do you finish your show? I said, You know, you've been on it five times <laughs> And he's so away with the fairies. I said, Ten o'clock. He said, Okay, I'll see you there at ten. <laughs> I was like, You're not listening to any you're already you're too blinkered. You know, It's all wrong. He's not in the right place to bid on this stuff that he wants to bid on. He also doesn't have enough money, so it'll be all right. It'll be fine. (laughs) All be good in the hood. Jim Kerr and Charlie Burchill on the show today. That's Simple Minds on the show today. That's extraordinarily exciting. Tell us about your mammal and your competitive commute here this morning, Vassos. (laughs) Well,
0: so I was I was cycling. It was funny because I was trying to be really Zen this morning. I now I write a journal in the morning when I wake up just after my ice bath. And I was thinking I'm... And I particularly... I don't I want to be more Zen. Yes. By wanting to be more Zen, you are not I know, being Zen. I know. But anyway, so I was wanting. That's where... That was All my life
2: is suffering. suffering. Suffering is desire. If you desire to be Zen, you're suffering. It's the opposite of Zen. Congratulations. Good.
0: So anyway, so I was trying to be Zen.
2: It's called the double bind.
0: Well... Do you
2: know what the double bind
0: is? Yeah. Do you do? Well, it's, um, I don't know, it sounds bad. It sounds like one of those half Nelsons
2: that you used to get in the playground. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. That's the, that's the double bind of being Zen. Oh. So, so, so the Zen master would say, for example, sorry, I've interrupted your story, mm-hmm. but this is far more interesting. Uh, so the Zen master would say, if you come, if, if you come to, to me as my student and you ask me what Zen is, I will beat you 30 times with this stick. If you come and sit in front of me as my student and ask, uh, don't ask me what Zen is, I will beat you 30 times with this stick. That's a Zen, what's called a Zen cone. So you have to deal with that. So is there an answer to that then therefore?
0: I only know what the Zen master asks for at the hot dog stand.
2: Yeah, can I be one with everything? <laughs> you
0: can make me one with everything. It's not that actually,
2: but anyway, it's the Buddhist.
3: I, I, I would stay away from the Zen Master. Why? <laughs> uh, because I've got to work it out myself? No,
2: because he would never consider himself a teacher. And that's what you get if you go and name yourself as a student and name him as a teacher. So you're halfway to the right answer. Vasos, way off track. <laughs> and also, fed. trying to be zen yeah. by trying taking zen. on a bloke on no. a bike that was, that was, that in was a race drink. to work, bicycle race, bicycle <laughs> race. All I want
0: to do is not be zen, Just not tur- be zen. I turned over from Putney Bridge at right up the New King's uh-huh. Road. And <clears throat> behind me yeah. and overtaking me with a bit more speed off the bridge was a guy on a racing bike. But, and this is the trouble in my little brain, trying to be zen. He had one of those mirrors on his bike, on the one side of his oh, bike. That's so anti-zen to have a mirror <laughs> on your so bike. So
3: he could see traffic and coming. save yes. his
0: life. I know. Save I know. his own life. I know.
3: Life. Why? Why do you have an issue with that? I him don't have an battles? issue
0: with him having Hello, that, Harry. but I do slightly obviously have handsome a. Handsome
2: Harry's issue. back on the show, by the way. Mm, Hi, he is. Hello, handsome Harry.
0: Harry. Thank you for the coffees. More
2: handsome. More. <laughs> <laughs> you look younger. Really? <laughs> How's that happen? You couldn't <laughs> <laughs> look that's any Sorry. Anyway, back to Vassar's story. Cheers, Harry. No worries.
0: Bloke with a mirror overtakes me. I think, I'm not having that. So on my little Brompton, (laughs) I overtake him back, which is which is quite a that's quite an aggressive act overtaking someone who's overtaking you. So I knew I had to make it stick. So then all the way up the King's Road, I'm absolutely I've gone from just normal sort of nice cycling to work and it's quite hot this morning. And I'd taken a photo of the dawn as well. I was really zen. And then I thought, well, also, I'm a bit competitive. So then I got, I overtook, <laughs> overtook the guy. And then I overtook another guy who was like on a proper racing bike without a, um, uh, a mirror. And I also know that they don't like being overtaken by Bromptons. So I thought I'm going to have to increase the power and, and the, 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 the sort of how much this is hurting my legs. And so all the way up the King's Road, all the way down Eaton Square, St. James Park, Westminster Bridge. Basically, I went full speed. I came in here and everyone said, oh, you've been swimming in the Serpentine. I said, nope. It's close because of blue-green
2: algae. This is all sweat. <laughs> Do you know that one of the main ingredients of body dysmorphia yeah. is a competitive nature? Really? Yeah. And if you want to know more about that, um, tune into the unspoken world of male body dysmorphia from honor, Tim Tollefson's Journey to Healing, which is the latest episode of Rich Rolls Podcast. Oh, I'd like that. Yeah, you would like that. Yeah, yeah. I, think you need, I think you need that. <laughs> Don't always get what you want, but you get what you need. All the way to work. I was thinking By the way, that was, I was being that was, chased. That wasn't even 1% zen what you just described. Then. <laughs> no, so, I know. I know this, this zen thing isn't working for you. It's really not. <laughs> but I, it's I, not. I had a proper workout on the way to work. Also not uh, very zen. Marky Darby points this out. Christopher Fairley Mercury auction was incredible. yesterday. that I watched it. Did you see his Adidas trainers, his high-top Adidas trainers? Yes. Oh, they
3: were lovely. Yeah,
2: they were going to go for three to five thousand pounds. They went for one hundred and twenty-seven thousand pounds. <laughs>
3: so, do you think the person who bought them will clean them and wear them? I don't know. I want to know who bid on the stuff. <laughs> they were a bit dirty. I only,
2: I only want to know famous people bid on the stuff because I just think I just want younger musicians to bid on the stuff and then get together for a Queen tribute concert. <laughs> one in New York, one in Los Angeles, one in Paris, one in Tokyo, one in Beijing, one in Melbourne, <laughs> and one here. Why wouldn't they do that? Come on. It's fun. They can all bang out. Nobody cares if they mess it up. A couple of quick hits each, an hour and a half. Boom, <laughs> tens of millions of pounds. And, for and maybe one or charity. two of their own
3: hits as well. Whatever. Just to beef hmm. it out a bit. Yeah. So, but
2: Sam Smith, because I don't think I don't think Sam Smith will have bought the the cloak. What do you call it? The cape. The cape. Yeah. The, what the is it? Cloak. No, it's, it's called something. It's the the the, the lot has a name. Um, it's from the 1986 tour. It's the regal crown cape. and cloak. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's more of a cape than a cloak, isn't it? Cloak, you think about cloak and dagger. You think about cloak, you know, as nefarious, you know, as dark and dastardly, you you know, and the the possession of a ne'er do well. Whereas you think it's a cape. It's uh, uh, something Cap,
0: more glorious. No, cape is like Superman goes behind you. What are you, Superman? He's Freddie Mercury. He's rock. But awesome. I mean, I think like think of Bobby George walking on the stage at the darts with his Cambroar. I can't
2: think of anything less Queen <laughs> than Bobby George, and I can't think of anything less Zen than you racing against the mammal <laughs> for uh, minding his own business,
3: using his mirror l- for l- safety. All and oh, jeez.
2: <laughs> I don't think Sam Smith will have bought that, but I think Sam Smith is the one to wear it at my Queen tribute concert.
3: Place. But whose who's Queen tribute concert are you organising it now? Well, no, because they won't do it
2: because they'll be too busy. They can't see the wood for the trees. But I'm, a, I l- listen. I'm the guy who got Ella to basically play again on a world tour. It can't happen. Okay. You know, that is true. I did do that. It's true. I mean, I'm not big enough. I'm just stating a fact. So I'm stating a fact. Like, so I know it's, you know, look how great I am. I can do this stuff. You're Literally. the man to
3: sort it. No, but I can do this stuff
2: for the benefit of everybody else. So I when, can... when are
3: we scheduling it no I don't for? know. I don't know. we got
2: to book Wembley
3: Stadium first. It's got to be Wembley, hasn't
2: it? It can't really be anywhere else. We'll start with Wembley, New York. South America!
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> do, 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 do. Everyone around the world...
3: The Graham Norton Radio Show. How exciting is this? With Waitrose. Over on Virgin Radio. Up and Adam, come on, things to do.
0: Don't cheer, you'll just embarrass yourselves. We're not bored of it yet, so it's lovely. There's no stopping them, no stopping them. The Graham Norton Radio Show. Oh, there's nothing nicer, is there? Nothing nicer. With Waitrose. Food to feel good about. I mean, what's not to like? Saturday and Sunday from 9.30. Over on Virgin Radio. They have been slaying the game since the 70s, and they're still, you guessed it, alive and (laughs) kicking! They're about to embark on their biggest global tour for 40 years with tickets available tomorrow from nine. So don't you forget about the simple minds, masterminds, Charlie Burchill and
2: Jim Carr! Yes! Thank you very, very much. (laughs) Good morning, welcome!
4: Thanks for having us in, Chris. Great to see you.
2: Thanks for coming, and you're always welcome.
4: Such an, honor,
2: such an honour. Such an honour. How exciting is this tour?
4: Very exciting. We can't believe. I mean, <laughs> looking at Charlie and I, have, God, the biggest tour ever. I mean, considering that we started 47 years ago. Um, I mean, we've got a few months to prepare, Chris, so thank God for that. But uh, but it is, this is what we wanted to do with our lives. I'm sure this is what you wanted to do with your lives. We're so lucky, we're blessed. That,
2: yeah, no. Yeah, here, here. Charlie, how are you doing? Great, Chris. Fantastic. Yeah, ditto. Um, Tell us about the fact... I did this with Deacon Blue the other day, and you know because you heard the interview. Um, We can do the origin story now, because we're
1: allowed to, because we're (laughs) at the the other end. Yeah.
2: You were both eight when you met for the first time. That's right. School, playground? Tell us more about that, Charlie.
1: Um, First thing we met, we moved to a housing scheme in Glasgow, and uh, your mum sent you out to play, and I was out playing on top of a. of a sand heap and uh, Jim came over and said uh, can I play with you and I said all right then
4: (laughs) not sure we form a rock and roll band and take on the world no he was the king of the castle it was I mean they were still building the scheme so you know when the workmen there was a mound of cement and a mound of sand and Charlie was top of the castle and
2: and, you know, for my childhood, as I'm sure for your childhood as well, there was that ever present smell, wasn't there? Uh, we used to call it the knocky down smell because they used to knock down oh, so I many know. estates. Well, but, uh-huh. And you don't get that smell anymore. Oh, you know, smell. and it was that smell of brick dust, wasn't yep. it? Constant, yeah. you know, yeah. ever present in our um, childhoods. Yeah, man. So how? tell us about music. So, you both eight, hey, you're playing out together in the street, playing football, whatever you're playing, uh, kick-can. Uh, yep. Tell us about you two and music. When did you decide to be already
4: playing? What happens next? Well, my memory, my first memory, at school... Well, Charlie had older brothers. I was I was the eldest in my family, so I didn't have older brothers to look up to, but Charlie's brother Jamie was a cool gang. He was the first guy who have you know, dyed his hair and wear clogs and... <laughs> patched denim jeans and all that, and he had this weird music Um that, when I say weird music, stuff that Alice Cooper, before Alice Cooper was, you know, mainstream. Yeah. The Doors before, really. Uh-huh. And so Charlie had this, well, I remember Charlie, but the big thing was, and Chris, you're the same vintage as us. Yes. People listening, there might be, a lot of people might be thinking, what is he talking about? <laughs> remember you used to get coupons and cigarette packs? Of course. Well, Charlie's mom got him his first guitar with embassy coupons.
1: No. <laughs> well, thank God she did. Yeah, so,
2: absolutely. So was that because she wanted you to go down that road because you no, already were?
1: I wanted to play a guitar, Chris, but we couldn't afford one. But so she managed to stringing off coupons together and right this.
2: okay what kind of guitar was it because i remember my first guitar it was a cheese grater <laughs> my, my, i was going to say mine was yeah. a fingertip shredder absolutely and, and the action the on the fretboard was yep. i mean there was a there was a chasm like a grand esque gap between the string one, and one the, inch the, the difference.
1: neck. but the best thing about it was it was called a nymph
2: right <laughs> nice okay so it didn't do what it says on the tin no no right so you so you get the thank my mum bought me my first car. She couldn't afford it. My mum didn't believe in HP high purchase, none of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Getting things on tick, but she went in debt to buy me my first car, and I will never forget. It, it cost her five hundred quid. A mini. It was a Blaze Mini VJA eight seven nine K. I'll never forget it. <laughs> you know. But thank God for mums, thank God for dads, aunties absolutely. and uncles, Are you know, being vessels for giving us inspiration. Yeah, and and, so that's where your car
1: collection comes from. Yeah, absolutely. Moment.
2: always. And introducing cool into our yeah, lives. And, yep, and, then, and then get, spending money they don't have on things we that couldn't. they think we might like, want and benefit from. Yeah, I mean, yeah, God
4: absolutely. bless these people. Yeah, well, The first cool. demo we made, uh, parents threw in, we had 100 quid. And we made the demo cassette. And uh, I had a friend in a record shop at the time who said, you know, this is what you do. You make a demo. You go down to London. I'll give you the addresses. And you just go in and hand your your cassette and they'll listen to it. And, of course, I hitchhiked down because that's what you did then as yeah. well. I had the addresses of record companies. Of course, I couldn't get in the doors of any of them. But for some reason, you know, you talk to the re- receptionists and all that. Well, maybe you'd like a cassette and stuff. By the time I hitched back home, it was probably about two weeks later, my mom said, "And this never happens." Mum said, "There's been a couple of people from record companies c- calling you." I said, "You're joking." Yeah, I said, "Which record companies? Did you write it down?" No, I was making your dad's tea. <laughs> I, I, I said, what are, what, are you, "What are you? Was it was it EMI? Oh, it might have been. Was it CBS? Oh, maybe she. Anyway, she said, "Listen." If they're interested, they'll call you back. And <laughs> and they did, Thank, thankfully. What was uh, on the tape? Um, the first uh, Chelsea Girl was on it, Life in a Day, or first, you know, our, the, they were the songs that got us first time on radio, TV and, and all that stuff. So it was a pretty good demo, but as you quite rightly say, um, I remember my dad saying to me, I was trying to explain to him, my dad was a, a construct, you know, a, a builder, he was a labourer. And I remember trying to explain to him, you know, and I and I put the demo and the cassette, and he was looking at me like I was mad. Uh, I was mad, but but um, and he said, "So this is," and it was quite good. He said, "So this is really like you're asking for money for kind of a business. It's like a business, isn't it?" I said, "It is like like a business," and and you're going to be what kind of band is it? And I said, "I don't know. I did not want to say a punk band." I said, "I don't know. It's a band. It's a band," and he went. <laughs> Like the Beatles. <laughs> and he swears I said this. And I said, yeah, like the Beatles. And he said, so you're going to be a big band like the Beatles, to which apparently I said, probably. Uh-huh. And, and uh, he said, away you go. But the money was there on the table. So
2: how old were you when that happened, Charlie? Uh, Ish.
4: 14, and
1: 15 Fifteen, sixteen, interest,
2: yeah, yeah, fifteen. Yeah. So, so, so obviously they—they're they, not fully formed. Well, they are fully formed, and they're much more sort of simple than the more sophisticated stuff later. But they were complete songs. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. When did you know you were quite good, good at this, or did you ever? I mean, you must know now. Um, huh. But the imposter syndrome necessarily doesn't visit us uh, when we are in our sort of um, greener years, because we—you yeah. you think you can rule the world, and you know That's you can. Right, but yeah, yeah. When did you get an inkling that you might be any good at it?
4: I got an inkling he, I thought he would have a career, that's for sure. Because right. he just he plugged in and Charlie's still very creative. You know, he had his pedals and his echoes and all that. And I thought, I better up my game. Right. Um, um, so I thought that. But funny enough, <clears throat> Charlie and I went to the same school. And I, I guess we're going get, to get to this. We might be able to link to this. We we went to the same school, um, didn't go to university but in a way, we did go to university. When you think of uh, what we've ended up doing, because the local venue in Glasgow, when the bands came through, well, Charlie's brother took it. We, if you went through our first ten gigs as Led Zeppelin, The Who, Alice Cooper, Bowie, Roxy Music, we saw the greats. And I'm going to try and link this. I hope you're 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 ready for it. I ended up through. <laughs> A mate in my class, he said, you're into all that weird music. I can get you into any gig. He he wasn't into music. I said, how can you get me? And he said, well, my brother, he wasn't the manager, but he was part of the management. He can get you into any gig. And he did. He started to... So we got to see everybody. And then his brother said, you know, sometimes they look for a couple of kids to run around and help, you know, pumpers or... Yeah. That's what they called them then. And, and um, you know, like a runner. If you want to come up and... Uh, Help some of the bands set up and Here see the go. sound Here checks. we go,
2: buckle up, everyone. This, one is, this, <laughs> one is, this is not going to
4: disappoint. This one is great. So I couldn't believe it. At that time, my favorite band was a band called Mott the Hoople, yeah. all the young dudes. Yeah. And I, I couldn't believe Mott were coming to play. And he said, You can work that gig. So I went up after school and I, I'm going to see Mott the Hoople sound check. And when I arrived, the crew boss guy said, Mott aren't coming up. They're doing top of the pops. They're not doing a sound check. Uh, gone over and helped the support band. And I said, who's the support band? To which he sort of shrugged and went... I don't know, somebody called Queen.
1: Oh,
2: my God, parents!
4: And Queen hadn't, they hadn't been on top of the pops oh yet. They, had, they were on top of the pops two weeks later. And I went over, and I remember we are helping the drummer, Roger, and then Freddie turned up. He was already in black and white suits. Freddie, Freddie. Freddie, Freddie. <laughs> Freddie, always ready. Yeah. And um, so that was our university.
2: Well, you just, let's just pause for a second. <laughs> what do you mean that that was
4: that? What was the gig like? I have to say, and I've got a hope Ian Hunter isn't listening in here. Mott were fantastic, but the support band blew them off. Even yeah, then, wow. the gig was—they were on fire.
2: And what was it like? Because people say. You know whether it's a, a, a car that they saw for the first time, it's like a spaceship that arrived, or music they've never heard before. It's like, oh, we've never heard anything like this
4: before. What? Well, uh, it was that. Go you think it? of that guitar sound that yeah. that Brian May had, Oh, you, he can do that. You Is that ne- right, Charlie? Seven,
1: seven Seas of Ray. Yeah, it was. Crazy. You had
4: never heard anything no, like like that. What about Freddie's performance? He was well. The stage was so high, he wasn't quite in the crowd, but he had the place. You know, especially then. An unknown support band especially in glasgow oh, gosh, you know prepare. usually it was wow. if if you got disinterest that would have been a good reaction oh, my goodness um me. um they went down a storm
2: yeah and it's interesting because you named some other big you know clanking clanking legendary names there but in many ways, Queen would have been the most
4: different, I would imagine, from all of them, because you sort yeah. of knew
2: what you were going to get with the other guys because they were already famous. That's right.
4: I mean, it, it, it was from another planet. It was there was no, you know, there was no prior reference to that to what sound did. and uh, yeah, that sound because it's orchestral and it's operatic yeah. and classical and. The only the only other one who went up was, and the only other one went up and had never heard someone said, the gig tomorrow night you do it Who has I don't know is Reggie music,
2: and I said, <laughs> I said, don't say Bob Marley yes no way Marley Shut up!
4: Marley played twice and uh,
2: <laughs> and you were getting paid to go and see these bands we
4: were not getting paid but we're getting to to see and hang <laughs> around yeah, and, and all that stuff I couldn't find the beat so this music's gone backwards <laughs> oh. um. um, um Oh. Uh, we'd never. there was no source of reference.
2: And what was the vibe like around those nights? You know, what was it like before, after? What was it like? Was it the oh, it was backstage,
1: the... front of house? Really atmospheric, Chris. I mean, like, the, the Greens Playhouse was a venue that we grew up in. We saw all the bands there. And even now, we were, we were asked about venues, and, of course, that's the, that's the one, you know, because you go there and that's the first time you see amplifiers and, you know... That atmosphere and the noise. And as a young kid, you're just it's so impressionable. Of course it is.
4: The experience I had backstage, which this might even top that, I think. Um, um, <laughs> it's is good, isn't it? <laughs> so Bo, uh, Bowie came and he was so popular he did a matinee show you don't really well we're doing a matinee show in january in australia we're doing a matinee at sydney opera house not everyone can say that and of course we're doing two gigs in one day that's how cheap we are no that's way that's interesting that's that to place it in your to I do like a matinee that. i like a, i like a, you don't get matinees do i think do you more know? people should do that i talked to simon about that he's very famous promoter at, you know yeah i think gigs should be at 4 o'clock so as we could go for dinner afterwards yeah you why know? not? They should change but anyway Matinee, and again, my friend at school came up trumps. Yeah. Bowie was playing, and being a matinee, obviously, it was going to be chaos between, you know, people trying to get out the gig and the other crowd coming in for the gig that was going to proceed. It was Bowie. And at the last song, <laughs> his brother came along <laughs> and said, Follow me, because there's going to be chaos. I'm going to get you out, oh. you know, and make sure we were only 13. So uh, we follow him and we don't know where we're going, but it turns out we were going down below under the stage and you can hear the last chord ringing out, rock and roll suicide, you can hear it ringing out. And as we're going down there, you know, some big beefy guy shouts, everybody stand in at the wall. And I mean, it was it was a narrow passageway. So we stood in and of course Bowie and the band, the Spiders, in full regalia. Oh my I mean, swished, literally... <sighs> Touch the helm
2: In the day man In the day In and, the day um,
4: And then went out Into the lane Where there was pandemonium I think it was the first time I ever saw a Rolls Royce I didn't see many Rolls Royces In Glasgow Charlie Or <laughs> wow. Bentleys But um, I've still got that image In my, my head And when I tell people that They say And did you get it In your head Seeing all that one day you could be a rock and roll I said no I got it in my head One day I could be a roadie yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> And you take it would Absolutely take absolutely. it Absolutely yeah. um, um, You
2: know roadies are there forever Bands they do come yeah, and that's go That's right It's got to be said hasn't that's it That's right um, Wow So this is, is this your biggest tour since the 80s is that fair enough to say that? No, it's
4: our no. biggest in terms of numbers of gigs and where we're going, because although the eighties was huge, there's just so many more places you you, you know you yeah. can play now globally.
2: All right, so tickets go on sale tomorrow. Pre-registered uh, fans are buying tickets now. We know that because they're texting us and they're so excited, it's ridiculous. SimpleMinds.com slash talk. Another great band to go and see, who are gonna be absolutely at their best, you know, in the now. We were talking to Deacon Blue about it the other day, you know, this is these are not bands, these are not artists who are revisiting you know, th- the warm sort of uh, leftovers of uh, some kind of musical cadaver that was strewn on the roadside you know, a couple of uh, decades ago. These are guys who can't wait to go back on the road. Um, and I can sense it from you, I can sense it. Yeah. Leeds, First Act Arena, March 15th, Manchester 16th, Dublin 18th, Belfast the 19th, London 21st, Birmingham 23rd, Nottingham, Twenty-four. These are big arena shows. Bournemouth, twenty-sixth. Cardiff, twenty-seventh. Glasgow, 29th. That's here, and then you go off to Europe. Is that yeah, right?
4: That's, that's right. Yes. Okay.
2: So, so like you say, you've got a few months to get ready for this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you look like you're in pretty good shape at the moment. Well, well, I like we, the we, one pretty. We, yeah. Pretty good shape. <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We, 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 with you. We're all right. Two faint praise, but you seem, you know, you seem quite chilled about that. But this well, is proper. I mean, this is
1: well. The great thing is we're starting in uh, Australia, well, New Zealand, Australia. Right. Okay. So uh, in January. That's, that's be It'll be summer just.
2: in there. Okay, big gigs. I mean, you were renowned for your huge gigs um, in the 80s, weren't you? So, Matt, uh, tell us about some of the big gigs that you remember.
4: Well, I suppose, you know, the obvious one is Live Aid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, there's a sort of bittersweetness there because Geldof called us up. Yeah. And at the time, um, you know, we were going through the door into the big league and... Mm-hmm. The song you just played there, Don't You Forget About Me, is number one, the States at that time, and Geldof called us up. We we didn't feature on the Band-Aid record, so to get a call from him, it was just great, and he spoke about this gig that was going to happen and all who was already in, and it would be great for Simple Minds to be there. We I mean, couldn't believe it, listening to the names. And he went, so you'll be in Philadelphia. And I went, well... Um, Little did you know <laughs> All our pals are in London yeah, 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 yeah. And he went I won't say what he said You can imagine You'd yeah, have yeah. to bleep it all out But um what do you tell your number one Americans? You uh, say you're hot. Is so you got to do it in America? Yeah, yeah but our, our, it was a bit like, but yeah, but our pals are in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, We don't know anyone in America, but you know, it's, it turns out it wasn't so bad after wasn't all. Wasn't the worst. Yeah, yeah. Request yeah. that you yeah.
2: <laughs> What was it like Because we've talked to loads of people about the um, the, the London side of it. What was it like? What was the Philadelphia arrangement like? For
1: yeah, like well, it, well, it was amazing, Chris. I mean, it was a hundred thousand there, and um, but it was really I mean, because of course. Being America you had like a lot of real like Jack Nicholson and a lot of celebs yeah, that were yeah. kind of not in music, you know. So it was a really bizarre mix. I got to, I got to jam with Bo Diddley that day. Wow. <laughs> um you know, and the Beach Boys are there and there's you know and then um, and Jack Nicholson uh, he, he introduced us on stage, so it was
4: pretty weird. <laughs> yeah.
1: And there was the famous...
2: Was it Phil Collins and Concord? Yep.
4: All of that, yes. yes. And then, then. Then for people film. who
2: don't know, what am I talking about?
4: Well, <clears throat> it was a live aid for people who don't know. It was a gig that happened... Kind of simultaneously, they overlap because yes. of the the time difference. And the one act or the one artist who managed to play both in London and Philadelphia was none other than Phil Collins, as you've just mentioned. But I think it was through Richard Branson who had organised that Phil would come off the London gig. And beat the clock to arrive and play. And I mean, that's I was saying there about doing a matinee in the one venue, to, yeah, yeah. doing two gigs either side My of the God. Atlantic. Yeah. And Phil amazingly um, played yeah. both. Um, but it was it really was um, it was mind blowing. As Charlie said, I, I remember. Um, I remember walking up the... I mean, our manager at the time, Bruce Finlay, great guy, he gave us a bit of a sort of Churchillian speech before we went on, you know, and... We were taking a minute, you know, this this is your Everest, lads, you know, It was all that, you know, because we had this big hit, but people hadn't really seen us live. And in America, you have to be able to do it live. Mm -hmm. And live to 120,000 people. And Bruce said, you know, if you can... 15 minutes, you know, and that, that is, I mean... Being a live man is one thing, but those things where you get fifteen minutes, it's not a matter, it's a sprint. Yeah. You know, and but you see all the better for it in retrospect. Well, that's true, in fact. And same with Queen, and oh, same yeah. with
2: everybody who smashed Impact. it that day. Yeah. You yeah. know, maybe fifty maybe that was the Impact. key to, yeah. to everybody's tipping yeah. point. Yeah. The yeah. fact yeah. that it was fifteen minutes, yeah. Yeah. you had to get out there. Yeah. It was like an audition in a way, wasn't it, for the well, rest of your yeah. career.
4: Well well that's true. You don't get chances like that. But um, as Charlie said, the great thing was as we're walking up, well, at the Sort of foot of the steps leading to the stage. There's a legendary promoter, Bill Graham. Yeah. And Bill had just had his in his house two weeks previously, we were playing San Francisco, and he'd dinner, and you know, best pals with Bill and all that. But he was at the foot of the stairs, and I think he gave the same speech to everyone. And Bill was a tough guy. You can imagine anyone playing more than a minute, you know, you'll never work in this town again, yeah, and yeah. I'll eat your head, and. I'll do- <laughs> I'm <laughs> like Bill, you know, and he was—he was a bull of a guy, and he was spit was coming out of his mouth, emphasising, "Don't go a second over." And then at the end, he said, um, blah, 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 "So, couple steps, the presenter will meet you." And none of us knew who the presenter was, but a Charlie quite as we went up there, Jack Nichols standing with the glasses, They down the goddamn line. And, and he like, hey guys, and, and I, I think of the fifteen minutes on stage, I spent thirteen minutes because
2: Jack
3: Nicholson. <laughs> and,
2: uh, so that,
4: that's oh my, my memory God. of it. What
2: a great career! What a great life! And it's cracking. On. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? That's why I know Deacon Blue are going to be great. That's why I know you're going to be great because you are. You're probably more grateful now than you've ever been, and you're going to take that. Grat- Gratitude on tour with you, and you're gonna have the party of your lives in yes. a, a, a different party, but a better party in many ways.
1: That's right, Chris. Appreciation, now, it really is a, the fact you know, you do, you know, if you get that if you get lucky to get to this point, it's ridiculous. You just it? got to enjoy it's, it, every it's, minute, you know? it's,
4: it's, it's that combined with the fact, and hopefully, it comes through when we talk about those days at the Greens and the Apollo. We still we know what it's like yeah, to be yeah, fans, yeah. Uh, we're absolutely. still fans. Well, I went to see Peter Gabriel recently, yeah. and I was just thrilled going to the gig.
2: I know. Yeah. I, I mean, I could watch. You, you, I could watch a uh, Simple Minds documentary. I could watch a Live Ed documentary. I could any music documentary, and I could, literally for the rest of my life, I could sit with a cup of tea and just watch music, music. documentaries and yeah. get steeped
4: in it because it just amazing. it
2: transports you to somewhere yeah, else. It is, is transcendental, amazing.
4: isn't it? it yeah. Well, that that is a yep. word. I mean, I love quite often before the gigs, I always keep quiet there hour, hour and a half before yeah, we yeah. go on. I quite like, and quite often I'll, I'll sit in the bus. And quite often the bus is parked with a good view of the audience coming in. And you can see, you know, people are already vibed. They've bought their tickets in advance and they've been looking forward to it. And, you know, they've got a spring in their step. That's great. But even comparing the body language two hours later or whatever, at the end of the night, you use the words, something transformative has happened, transcended. And there's not that many places in the world where you can, there's not many things, events in the world you can go to where there you know, raves and stuff perhaps, well not, no doubt but music still has that thing you know, I mean I, we spend so much of our time now sitting in front of a screen yeah. and that's fine but to be in there in this communal thing uh, I, I don't know it's, Well it's an
2: escape that leaves you better than when you
1: Went Energized. on that journey Energized. so you
2: can escape but you know sometimes you're left yeah. um, more destructive yeah. than constructive yeah. Yeah. but it you can escape yeah you feel inspired yeah. and then when it's all done you yeah. actually feel stronger yeah it's yeah. a win-win-win-win-win-win-win
4: there win is win. a there is one other thing because i saw the who fairly recently and i love the who but even though i'm saying that for some reason paths didn't cross and charlie got to see them back in the day i didn't and i I was quite near Pete Townsend's amp and hearing that sound, I'm not talking about the volume, just hearing that sound and connecting it to all those records, my eyes were getting moist. Yeah. I thought, this, this isn't going to go on forever. Well, you don't hear that with your ears, you hear that with your soul. Well, there you go, you're feeling it. And I just thought, you know, it's... You know, and they are—you know—they're the Picassos. Yeah, it's yeah. like you, you know that's—and you this. I'm not going to hear this too much more. You know, nice. it's it's so you got to grab it while you can. We
2: are way over time. Um, I could—we've definitely mentioned the Freddie Mercury auction or the Blimmin' Rolling Stones new album. Anyway, <laughs> it's tough. Uh, everyone <laughs> you've had your money's worth today and it's for free in the first place. Simple Minds global tour 2024 tickets available tomorrow from 9am at simpleminds.com/tour. Thank you Rachel, thank you Vas, thank you Charlie. Thank you. Chris. Thanks to thank all you, of Jim. you. Thank you Jim, thank you to the Thanks team. Everybody. Have a lovely Thursday. Thanks thank to all of you.
4: Thanks lovely. Chris.